A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yo, Curtis, did you watch that Bounty Killer versus Be- Beanie Man versus? Miss I you attended. <laughs> It's fire. I'm Patience Adamu. And I'm Curtis Vermont. And this is The Drip. A podcast for diverse millennials to help make sense of COVID-19 and the decisions made by our political leaders. Stay tuned as we parse through the weekly events and announcements that impact us. Shall we? Let's do it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. We, we have to say, sorry for last week. We actually had an episode ready to go. It was a whole 40 minutes long because we talked so much. And maybe, Patience, you can chime in a little bit. It was a great episode. It was full of, of questions and debates about how COVID-19 is being managed politically, as well as, you know, how do you deal with so much lack of information so much that we don't know yet because we're dealing with a novel virus we also talked about how summer's canceled <laughs> which but, is really sad but but well fundamentally guys we just want to say thank you for for listening to date as you have been COVID 19 is affecting everybody in different ways and mm-hmm. and although we are trying our best to stay on track and deliver this sometimes sometimes it's just it's just hard to stay on top of it and, and get things out when People are, are counting on them to be out. We sincerely apologize for that, but you know we're we're human. So, guys, for for health, we've got three major issues this week. If you weren't paying attention, that's okay. That's what we're here for. If you didn't hear Ontario's COVID nineteen cases, those numbers are going back up, guys. In fact, they've been above four hundred now for the past five days. And on top of that, we aren't testing as many Ontarians as we should be. Friday, for example, we tested just over 11,000 people. Meanwhile, we should actually be testing 20,000 a day. And and by the way, guys, that's actually a revised number, a a, a reduced number. (laughs) So we're not doing exactly what we should be. We've got the Canadian Medical Association saying we won't be ready for the eventual second wave of COVID-19 because our medical professionals on the front lines are exhausted and they don't quite have enough PPE. And then finally, We've got Dr. Tam, our chief medical officer, saying it's now advisable for all Canadians to wear masks if they can, considering what we know about asymptomatic transmission. Thankfully, it seems like 65% of Canadians agree with her. So that's a lot. Absolutely. And like, Curtis, so are you wearing your mask now? (laughs) Trying to put me on the spot. I I see see what you're doing. Uh, So I ordered my masks two weeks ago, actually. So they're supposed to be coming this coming week. Therefore, I will be a masked assailant on the streets of Toronto moving forward. <laughs> That's wonderful. Did you get like a matching um, do-rag? To, to... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not matching. I got my pink do-rag. I got my purple do-rag. I'm ready to go. But the face, <laughs> mac, the face mask is all black, baby. <laughs> 
Uh, I think this is this is really interesting information, but I, I would like to contextualize some stuff. So we know that we are testing at about half of our capacity, um, but then we're also hearing that our medical professionals are exhausted. I think those two things might be related. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're hearing Doug Ford in, in the media saying, you know, our science and, and health professionals need to pull, pull their boots up by their strap, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, we, we know as academics or, or people who study that it's not that simple. <laughs> it's not that simple, especially in the case of a pandemic, as you just mentioned. So um, look, we, we probably should give our, our health professionals some slack and make sure we support them as best we can. Uh, I just wanted to make one last point. We are on week 10 and I want everybody to imagine what it must feel like to go to work every day, uh, wondering if there will be an outbreak on your unit or if you will come into contact with somebody uh, before you get to work, I'm, I'm sure it's anxiety inducing and I'm sure it's really difficult for all of the doctors, the nurses, the janitorial staff, everyone who's working in a hospital or in a healthcare facility at this time. As much as we, we appreciate um, people like Doug Ford adding pressure to our medical professionals, we need to take heed of what the Canadian Medical Association is saying and really understand that these people are exhausted and they're doing the best that they can. Speaking of COVID, let's take a look at the symptoms because most of you may already know this, but the symptoms for COVID-19, they tend to evolve. So Dr. Aileen DeVia speaking uh, last week, in fact, she was speaking with the media and she brought up the fact that it seems like COVID-19 is, is revealing itself in new ways in the city of Toronto. Some of the symptoms she mentioned were uh, headaches, sore throat, runny nose, nausea, diarrhea, and abdominal pain. So as Dr. Devia said, residents can get tested if they're experiencing one or more of these symptoms. If you are experiencing these symptoms, or if you, anybody you know is experiencing these symptoms, please do get yourself checked out. So speaking of opening up, what's going on with the border? <laughs> yeah, so the good news, patients, is that it will for sure remain closed for at least another month. It's going to be closed until the 21st. I think a lot of concern that a lot of people have right now is, is it going to remain closed past that point? Um, <laughs> what do you think, patients? What are your thoughts on that? I think if we're being honest, I, I, it's great to be cautious and it's great to make sure that um, we are, are safe. But I, I think we really have to think about our hospitality and our tourism industry and the amount of tourists who cross that border um, and, and try to see more of North America is pretty significant. So I think that opening the border for July and August makes a lot of sense. Canadians can go down to, to Florida or to California and uh, they can come up here because people love to come to Toronto um, during the summers. So I, I, I understand why everyone is, is nervous, but I think opening the border might reap a lot of benefits. So you think we should open the border even with the fact that they don't have their numbers under control in many cases, Ontario, Quebec, we don't have our numbers under control. You still think it's reasonable? I think at some point we need to make the decision between whether the economy is going to be completely decimated or whether we are okay with this, you know, universal income um, setup. And I don't, 
I've seen a lot of people in Toronto be very, very irresponsible. And I, I'm not sure how significantly we are kind of continuing to plank this curve because people are continuing to be irresponsible. Interesting. Um, so a few weeks ago, we discussed the fact that temporary foreign workers, thousands of which emanate from Mexico and the Caribbean uh, to work in agricultural jobs that are undesirable by Canadians, had no path to citizenship. So they would come here, they would work um, for months or years, typically um, during the, the summers in places like Leamington and St. Catharines. But it turns out that that's changed. A new program that opened on Friday is aimed at those working in meat processing, mushroom and greenhouse production, as well as livestock raising industries. This new program would give them the ability to settle in Canada permanently. It's almost, Curtis, as if someone was listening to our episode and decided to <laughs> make some policy changes. I, you know what? I think that this is, this, this is the preeminent space for policy. I think that the prime minister and his cabinet, they listen to us on a weekly basis. That's why we got to keep our, our pod going, patients. We're, we're, we it. are an essential service. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but honestly, Curtis, if, if we're thinking about how migration is changing as a result of this virus, not just in the short term, but in the long term, it makes sense to have a portion of our population, people who are citizens or permanent residents of Canada, work in agriculture, we can't, it's, it's unsustainable to continue to fly these folks in from, from countries where they actually live. They have to live here. Yeah, no, um, uh, I agree with you 100%. So um, look, I'm not going to pretend that I have been focused on this issue in particular, so I'm not going to say much about it. I just think that uh, fundamentally, we should approach this in a more thoughtful way. And so it looks good. I like this new approach by the government that seems, again, to be more thoughtful. So kudos to them. <laughs> uh, what's, what's going on with the, with the economy? Um, so with the economy, we, we, Patience, you told me about something I did not know, and I think a lot, of, a lot of our listeners are going to be surprised to hear about. A tax? A COVID tax? Yeah, I mean... This, again, is one of the unintended consequences of, of having these, these service industry shut down for a pretty significant amount of time. Uh, Canadians should brace themselves for a new fee or a new tax that will be added to their bill. It's a COVID-19 surcharge because, you know, retailers have been hit hard and forced pay their, their folks um, in overtime and the top up and, and the wage subsidies aren't covering everything. They are passing that down to the customer. So it varies in terms of how much the, the, the surcharge will add up to. Uh, typically, you, you may not even really notice that it's there. But, you know, Jonathan Allward from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business says his group's members need to pass on some of those added costs at the moment. Uh, it's really too expensive for them to, you know, pay for all the PPE, pay for all the sanitizer products and all of the extra hours that th these businesses have just had to add to their budgets. So that is being passed on to, to customers. That sounds wild to me. I mean, I, did you hear, I mean, the, what the percentage kind of looks like on an average bill? Maybe if you go to a, I don't know, McDonald's kind of thing, like, do you have any more information? 
So the only information I have is actually from the U.S. There aren't, Mm. I haven't seen any receipts from the Canadian experience yet, Mm. but in the U.S. it's about 5%. 5% in addition to whatever you've bought will be a COVID-19 surcharge. This is really interesting because one of the things that um, those who discuss economics know is that it's not actually easy for companies to pass on expenses to consumers because that puts them at a disadvantage if their competitors don't do the same thing. So I'm wondering what this is going to look like in the coming months where you might see, I don't know, some smaller mom and pop shops that have to include the surcharge on their bills Mm -hmm. to customers, but these bigger corporations may be able to absorb some of those costs. I, I wonder how that's going to further exacerbate the changing landscape of real of retail in Canada. I totally agree, and I, I also I, I can't wait to see how this how this turns out. This is a this is a heavy time. Well, the good news is that uh, the government of Canada is doing something about it, at least for people with children. So families with children received a Canada Child Benefit top up of three hundred dollars this past Wednesday. Better late than never, because. You know, families with kids, especially families with kids in school, have had to buy one or two laptops in order to facilitate the homeschooling that kids have been dealing with for the past two months. Yep. And also starting July 20th, my birthday, there will be a future boost to the CCB, which was originally responsible for simultaneously helping families with the cost of raising kids while lifting nearly a million kids out of poverty. So yeah, it's been boosted at least once since COVID, maybe twice. And Trudeau pointed out in the conference or the news conference earlier this week that what it's there for is to help you with the cost of living. His literal quote was, as the cost of groceries goes up, so will the benefit. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And further news for those who are uh, continuing their education. Uh, it looks like university enrollment is actually holding steady, if not booming, right across this country. And I, honestly, I didn't expect that. But as Patty McDougall, uh, the Vice Provost Teaching, Learning, and Student Experience at University of Saskatchewan said, in a down economy, students tend to see investments in education as worthwhile. That is really, really interesting, Curtis. I don't necessarily uh, agree. <laughs> I, I don't either. I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's fantastic because, you know, Canada does have a lot of universities. So if people are okay, you know, sitting at home taking courses, there can't be anything bad about that. But I, I would ask the question about, you know, who are these people who are registering for 
university or, or for some courses at this time. Mm-hmm. It may not be the usual suspects. It may be folks who are looking for a second career. And I really, really wonder about the international student population and how they're being affected by this. Hmm. Well, you want to go further? You know, I think there, there may need to be some adjustments made to the tuition to make this boom even more and really serve Canada and, and what we're looking for. For instance, overhead. People yeah. are looking to get a bit of a discount on their tuition. Right. But of course, just because universities aren't physically open doesn't mean that they don't still have the same overhead that they would have had if they were closed. There are minor cost savings like janitorial staff and other folks who aren't maybe unionized, who aren't getting paid at this time, but may not be able to afford a discount in tuition fees for students, including international students. International students pay $30,000, approximately 3.5 times more in tuition than domestic students do. Mm -hmm. So it's really, I I would love to see how university enrollment is booming and and across which groups, because it, it might help to compensate for some losses that they may experience in other areas. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think a fundamental question is, is this going to lead to a return to government providing more investment to post-secondary education? Yeah. Right? We're seeing, as you just mentioned, the costs of universities, um, they're they're not really going to go, well, they should go down, but in order for them to go down, first universities have to, they'll have to fundamentally change their structure. They'll have to reduce how much overhead, how much building space they have, those kinds of things. And that's not going to just happen overnight. So in this transitionary period, are we going to see more investment for universities and colleges so that those costs aren't passed on to individuals, whether they're domestic or international? And as a result, we, we basically paint it as an investment in our future. Because think about it, if we act just like Germany and have a pool, a wave of, of people go in and then come out the other side of post-secondary education. That is a generation of people that are smarter. You know what this is reminding me of? In 2015, then Prime Minister Stephen Harper said that he would give more money to post-secondary institutions if they focused on students studying things that were more in line with the labor market demands. Mm -hmm. I think... Although that was a conservative government's policy, mm-hmm. I think there is merit to that approach at times like this where the Canadian Medical Association is saying that doctors and nurses are exhausted yep. and uh, we're seeing the collapse of entire industries like the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. I just want to leave that there. So patience, what's going on in the world today? What's going on? Honestly, we have to talk about this hydroxychloroquine because in a study that looked at over 96,000 people hospitalized with COVID-19, those treated with hydroxychloroquine or the related chloroquine had a higher risk of death than patients who were not given the medicine. Chloroquine is known for its treatment of malaria. It has been used as an anti-malarial. And, you know, dumbass Trump has asked, (laughs) what have you got to lose? Well, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has said hydroxychloroquine 
should only be used for hospitalized COVID-19 patients or those in clinical trials because the drug has been tied to dangerous heart rhythm problems. In other words, you can lose your life, so probably shouldn't use it? Honestly, it's nuts. Nuts. And now what? Trump's saying, oh, everybody should go to church this Sunday. It's, it's almost as if he is getting a lot of pressure from the, the U.S.'s Bible Belt. There's no question. Because he, he literally said, quote, the governors need to do the right thing and allow these very important essential places of faith to open right now. Can I take a stab at correcting that sentence? Maybe I'll change it to what he really meant to say, and maybe that'll provide some better context for people. I think he said the governors need to do the right thing and allow their citizens to die. I think that's what it said. That's what he, <laughs> that's what he meant to say. So I'm just fixing it for people so they understand what he's actually meaning. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe you disagree, Patience. What do you think? No, absolutely not. I do not disagree. It oh, is, we have noted outbreaks in churches in South Korea, in Georgia, in Texas, in Arkansas, in Frankfurt, Germany. Come on. We know because of contact tracing that churches are places, are, are a critical place for, for the spread of COVID-19. Nobody so, social distances in church. Yeah. You go to church and you hug people you touch the pews there's no buddy the usher is not going around with sanitizer wiping down all of the pews the holy water is not going to save you guys <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> like let's let's that be clear funny. here the, the holy water is not going to save you so I would hope that this doesn't need to be said for anybody who listens to us maybe maybe some people in your family please don't listen to Trump Please stay away from public spaces that are unnecessary, like churches, because let's remember what we're trying to do here. We're trying to keep as many people from getting sick at once as best as possible so we don't overburden our healthcare system before there's a vaccine for this virus. So please stay home if you can and don't go to places like churches that are unnecessary. Quiet. Curtis and I disagree about whether or not the Canada-U.S. border should be open. Curtis, I, th I think you disagree with me because of health reasons. I do. Fundamentally, to me, it's, there, there's no economy for everyone's dead. So. <laughs> and I, I am taking, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree, but I, I'm taking a, a position thinking about our, our economy and what will happen to our economy if we keep that border closed for the summer. But we really want to hear from you. What do you think politicians and decision makers should be thinking about when deciding when or if to open the Canada-US border? Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're releasing pods on a weekly basis, so subscribe to stay up to date. Remember, we're all in this together, and this forum is meant to be a sort of safe space to foster community. So slide in our DMs with any questions or feedback you have, and we promise to respond. 
I'm on Twitter and Instagram at PatienceEve. And I'm on Instagram at State of Vermont. See you next time. You know, it's getting pretty wild out there. We've heard about shootings and other instances of violence all across the greater Toronto area. And we're urging people to please stay home. And if you can't, please continue to be vigilant and stay safe. We'd also like to give a special shout out to Stephen Fissett, who graciously provided artwork for his podcast. If you like what you see, you can find him on Instagram at Scarborough Debutante. That's Scarborough, D-E-B-U-T-A-N-T-E, for all your graphic design needs. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.